Hi, everyone. This is Allison Graves. But instead of your normal news update, we're going to play the latest episode of our podcast, Coronavirus in Florida. On this episode, we bring you the story of two hairstylists in St. Petersburg who feel differently about the state's decision to reopen salons last week. You can listen to the latest episode by downloading it on your favorite podcast platform or by visiting tampabay.com slash podcast. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to Coronavirus in Florida, a podcast of the Tampa Bay Times. This episode was released on Monday, May 18th. I'm Allison Graves. Today, we bring you the story of two hairstylists in St. Petersburg. Like all salon and barbershop workers in Florida, they both had only a couple days to decide whether to go back to work after Governor Ron DeSantis announced May 8th that those businesses could reopen the following Monday. Our two sources feel differently about the state's decision to reopen hair salons. One was ready to reopen and one wasn't. But one thing they both agree on is that the state overlooked their industry and failed to provide guidance on how to reopen. Sometimes I feel like a little kid having a tantrum because I kind of have this like funny little thing that happens in my brain where I'm like, I want the adults to tell me what to do. Where, how should I do this? Tell me how I should do this. And like, where do I get that? And, should, and what is the right air filter? But I mean, the reality is, is that you have to figure it out on your own if that's what you want. That's Erin Childs, the owner of CoLab Salon in St. Petersburg. She opened up her salon in 2014. Unlike other salons in the area, Childs held off on reopening her shop on the first day back. Instead, Childs used the last week to figure out a new business model and perform practice appointments with friends. She said she was disappointed with how the state went about reopening salons, noting that the governor's announcement, which was made at 3 p.m. on a Friday, didn't give her enough time to schedule appointments or rethink her business model. So were you surprised by DeSantis's decision to reopen salons? Um... I don't know that I was really surprised. I feel like I, I feel like I don't have the capacity to be surprised in this anymore. I mean, the fact that we have a global pandemic is surprising enough. I would, but I will tell you this, honestly, it was disappointing to me on a lot of levels. That's mostly what I, what I, how I felt was the way that it happened, the way it was released, the time of day it was released. You know, I, at the same time, I have conflicting feelings like, okay, well, this is good. There are people that really need to work. You know, I mm-hmm. have friends that are in this industry that also, that are not in the same position as me, that they need to work. They need some sort of income coming in from working. I just, I'm not surprised, but I think I remain conflicted in a lot of these things. Neither the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention nor the White House have provided guidelines for managers of salons and barbershops, and the rules from the state leave a lot of room for interpretation. Still, that hasn't stopped other hairstylists in the area from reopening. Brian Cook, a barber at Tyrone Barbershop, was more than ready to get back to work on Monday. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I'm on Yeah. The wife will let you back in the room again. I think I lost 10 pounds. 
Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I think we've probably dumped over a hundred and something pounds worth of hair in the last three days. Oh, I wouldn't doubt that. Are you feeling scared at all about being back at work? Uh, I'm feeling great. Like, I've actually done a lot of research reading into it. Uh, my youngest kid's mother is an ER nurse, so I talk to her a lot. Uh, I do look up all different types of vaccine numbers and stuff like that. Uh, my main number one concern is the safety and health of everybody's well-being. Um, I, I saved enough money up. I sold my boat to where if I had to take three or four months off, I wasn't having to stress about money or anything. I was being prepared about all this. Um, I just wanted to be knowledgeable that when we did get back into the swing of things, that I was taking all the right measures to make everybody feel safe and secure and that it wasn't going to be transferred from person to person. But uh, we were ready. I mean, While hair salons and barbershops aren't the most crowded places, workers in the beauty industry face a unique challenge in reopening. Their jobs don't allow for them to be six feet apart from their client. So how are hairstylists staying safe? To limit capacity, all salons must operate by appointment only. No drop-ins or group appointments are allowed, and employees must wear masks while performing personal services, and many, including CoLab and Tyrone Barbershop, are requiring the same for customers as well. I've been doing this for 20 years. I'm inside people's personal space. And, you know, you've been doing this for a while. You know the angles to place the people at to where you don't get direct contact with their face. You know, the same thing with, you know, with your next next door neighbor of your barber. You know, you're, all those barbers are working in unison together, mm-hmm. turning people the right way, you know, stuff like that. You know, you know you just, it's, it's just right now the new norm is it's, you can't just come inside the barbershop like you used to and sit down and be social. You got a mask, sir? Huh? You got a mask? A mask? A mask? Yes, I do. My part. Yeah, if you don't mind grabbing it. Yeah, I, th- I think it's kind of overblown, but yeah, I do. No that's, that's what I'm saying. Like that, that right there. You think it's overblown, but it's not about your concerns. It's about other people so they can feel yeah. comfort, get back to a normal school. Although Cook is excited to be back, he said he's been left in the dark for the past eight weeks. He's been out of work with nobody to contact and feels like Governor DeSantis is his boss. But when things got hard, DeSantis wasn't there for him. Cook wrote a letter to the governor. It was totally forgotten. Like, I mean, I would watch the news just to see, like, what they would say, and I would read articles on the Internet just to see what they said. And it was they were talking about everything else except us. And I was like, man. And then I would drive by, like, an ABC liquor store and see them wide open and it's like how is that essential like you're just causing more problems but that's why i made sure that when they shut our doors i wanted to get to the top so i went to the commander-in-chief of our state to let them know like hey this can function this can work we can do this Mm -hmm. you know let's sit down and talk you know let's video chat whatever we got to do let's come up with a solution but you know me as a professional i try to reach out to them because on my license it says his name on it so that's why I say, like, you know, at the end of the day, he's technically like my boss. You know what I'm saying? His name is on my life. So that's why I reached out to him so I could ask him questions. And we're going on. I emailed him April 3rd that evening when I got shut down. You know, I emailed him. and I'm still waiting for a phone call or an email back, and I haven't gotten it yet. 
On the other side of town, Erin has been proactive as well. She started a petition to send to local government officials. To me, what the petition was like, just to educate the, the leaders that were opening, that were considering opening our industry as to how we run our industry. We had a conversation earlier this week, and you said that you often feel like the salon industry is overlooked. Do you feel like your petition has changed that at all? I do still feel like that. To me, that is an unreasonable outcome from a petition. And from, from you know, if I consider that this is the first time that I really started to vocalize this stuff, I think it'd be silly for me to think like, all of a sudden things are going to change. Erin says she still feels uncomfortable about reopening, but starting today, May 18th, she will slowly start to book appointments. And if you want to put those people who are touching other people on the front line to be your guinea pig for numbers, like, that is... To me, it's like, I don't understand how that works out in somebody's head, right? Like, we love hairdressers so much. We love our hairdresser, and they mean, and they're like family to us. Uh, we'll go ahead and let you, and we're, we're going to have you reopen and see how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> it just feels a bit dirty to me. I can't help it. Well, folks, that does it for today's episode. For the latest information on coronavirus, please visit tampabay.com slash coronavirus. And if you like this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you get your podcasts from. This has been Coronavirus in Florida. Thanks for listening. So it is. I mean, it's just a constant battle on cleaning. Do you like cleaning? Uh, for my job, yeah. But in general, I mean, I'd like to pay somebody else to do it. (laughs) But, you know, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, this is what I was taught. So cleaning came with cutting hair.